0: Hello and welcome to this special double tap episode in which we thought it'd be worthwhile as the clock ticks down on this deadline day. But a very quick look back on the best transfers this January and keep an eye out to see if there's any other surprises in the final hours. My name's Daryl And as always, I'm with the absolute ray of sunshine that is Ian. How are you doing?
1: Got a question for you.
0: <laughs> I mean, I didn't even
1: go on. Have you ever been scared that you cook something so perfectly? I went out for a beer, as you know, uh, quickly after the gym. This was straight out from the gym. Came back, put some chicken in the air fryer. Now the air fryer can sometimes be a bit cautious with chicken. You don't want it to, you know, overcook. But I did it today for 24 minutes, and I think it was perfect. I've never had chicken so succulent without thinking that I might kill myself with salmonella at the same time. But I was—it was cooked so perfectly, it scared me. What? So,
0: what do you want me to say? <laughs> I
1: just, I just got it. Have you ever like, it? Was chicken was so succulent? I was almost worried it was undercooked, but it wasn't.
0: Well, welcome everyone to this double tap episode about the transfer window. Uh, have you ever cooked chicken really good? I like chicken. Nailed it. I like- um, <laughs> well, that's thrown me off your stride a little bit. Um... <laughs> what? Anyway, um, transfer window, it's gone a lot better for some of us than, than others, wouldn't you agree, Ian?
1: Good window. I mean, it seems to have been a fair flutter of uh, things going on today. Um, last few days in particular, it's peaked. Same to here, it seems a, a busier window than previous January's. Seems quite um, a lot of activity going on, isn't there?
0: I'm just looking. So I've got um trusty Sky Sports yellow ticker running in it background. I've got three different devices um looking at twitter mostly cuz for whatever reason twitter seems to be king these days but um chelsea chelsea's the big one in it? because they're looking currently at Enzo Fernandez still not gone through and i've been checking this all night looks like it's going right down to wire but if it does go through it'll meant that they will have signed it eight players this January transfer window and spent about half a billion pounds in the past two windows. It's ridiculous.
1: It's a crazy amount of money. I mean, they can't say that they're not backing the manager, but it feels very much like the the club is buying these players, not the manager. Yeah. Kind of scattergunning across the young talent across Europe, aren't they really? is what it feels like. It doesn't feel like it's necessarily part of a, a bigger strategy other than, have all of the best young players in the world, uh, or you know, sort of, they've been looking around that mark of sort of eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, haven't they? In in the, the sort of age profile of the play the people they've been spending on these ridiculous seven and eight year contracts,
0: which you'll never see again because, according to what everything's saying, essentially eight year contracts or whatever they're pushing out at the moment, like they did for Mudrick, are going to be banned. Very, very swiftly, um, because it's essentially a way to avoid financial fair play or work around financial fair
1: play in that. Yeah, um, it allows you to, like a depreciating asset, spread the cost of the transfer over the years of the deal. So um, for financial fair play, and I think it's tax efficient uh, as well um, if they do it in this manner uh, over time. But yeah, it seems to have quite fragrantly... this. Bowley come in and he balls out. Just fuck it, I don't care. Doesn't it's Almost like if it, if what's what's the what's the worst that happens if you breach financial fair play? Oh, you have to pay for minor, more money in a fine. So if I've got billions in the bank anyway, what does it really matter?
0: Yeah, and uh, you'll never see points deductions for it because they don't have balls to do it. Obviously, all that stuff happened with City and PSG, and what were they were banned from Champions League. But it was suspended, so it didn't actually happen. It was all this nonsense, wasn't it?
1: It's that, yeah, well, how are we going to punish you but for overspending by making you pay more money? Yeah, overspend so a just, bit more. Just corrupt in its foundation, in it, really, sort of FIFA in that manner. But, um, yeah, um, they, they've hoovered up all of this young talent and it remains to see how they can even piece it all together into a team or, I mean, it's a huge squad on paper and fucking expensive on the wage bill. I would have thought that with some of those boys that are in.
0: Well, what's the point? It, it, like you say, it's it's a very scattergun approach. You look at the people that they brought in. Mudrick is probably the exception because he's a up and coming winger, big Arsenal fan. If you believe what he said before he um, snubbed Arsenal to join Chelsea. Um, obviously, they've got um, Fernandez, by by the looks of it, who is again a solid young player, and I'm sure will be very, very good, but. <laughs> They just seem to be buying for the sake of buying. And the the joke that's been throughout this transfer window is, oh, you're buying this person. I'm sure Chelsea have got an interest. Because that's what it seemed to be. It didn't seem like they've got a good recruitment strategy. It's just, oh, you want him. Must be good then. We'll have him.
1: Uh, I probably came across some of them like that. I mean, I'd probably disagree with you on Fernandes just because, I mean, he's the reigning young player of the world from the uh, uh, World Cup, Descon, and he does look a real sort of probably him and Bellingham probably the two best midfield prospects in world football, don't they? Uh, in terms of youngsters. He so, only um, he only
0: won that award because they got to the final. You saw the awards that were handed out, and everyone just so happened to be in that final. So uh, yeah, I
1: don't disagree. He does look a player and you could probably definitely argue that he finds a place in that team, you know, particularly with Jorginho going to Arsenal today. Feels a bit like clearing out a bit of the old Deadwood. Um, with and have probably freed up some probably, he was probably pretty pricey on the wage bill as well. Probably get a couple of those young players in on the same wages as Orgelio. Uh, and they get, I think, was it 12 million immediately when he was going to go yeah. on a free in the summer. So it's probably arguably a good bit of business from Chelsea uh, on that one.
0: Good bit of business for Arsenal, really. Isn't it? I think he's is he 31, Jorginho, And he he just brings a bit more experience into a team that have been doing very well this season as well. And obviously we're drifting onto Arsenal a bit here, but been doing very well this season and might just need a bit more of a cool head just to say, look, we've got to this point. Let's keep going. Let's not mess it up. Let's not get over-enthusiastic. Let's just keep doing this job.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, I mean, the window started quite strongly for you. So I think one of the main or the biggest main signing, was Gakpo, who had obviously been hyped up quite significantly over the window, uh, or over the, the World Cup, sorry, um, obviously linked to Leeds. And Leeds looked like they potentially might get him, and then they didn't, and then all that happened, and then we knew for a fact that he would never go back to Leeds, and obviously Southampton were linked. Fantastic World Cup. Goes to you. Has he done anything since?
1: Nothing. But looked absolutely terrible business at that money and not even remotely would get in the first team when everyone's fit. When his ideal position is starting left of the front three where Diaz plays, not a chance he gets in above Diaz. Um, so I said to you earlier in the week, it feels like he might turn out to be like Memphis Depay when he went to Manu. In that, you know, I think when he went there, it was on the back of a World Cup. It's probably going back a few years now. What was that, maybe 2014? something like that,
0: and oh, um, went there. Yeah, roughly. Real
1: highly rated, had a really good World Cup, and then just didn't play. It was a bit garbage, and they got rid of him pretty quickly, didn't they? I mean, he did go on and no very good player for Leon before he kind of went to Barca, and he actually has moved in the transfer window to Evletico, hasn't he? Was it a loan, if I remember rightly? Or is it a free transfer? I might be six month, think it was just a six-month contract, so I think maybe Barca got, let him just go, maybe, uh, until they just get him off the wages.
0: Which is weird and I I do find that weird because he had a bundle of uh, talent at the time and he he just seemed to have tailed off. I'll be honest, I think you've been extremely harsh with Gakpo and I can understand the frustration. I think a lot of the frustration has been born from Liverpool not doing well and I think if Liverpool were doing well you wouldn't be as critical and a lot of Liverpool fans wouldn't be as critical because you'd be like, well, look, he's just bedding in and we'll give him time. But because there's quite a hefty price tag latched onto him, he's done really well in the build-up to get to the move. Liverpool aren't doing really well. You would need him to try and pull you through some games and he's just not doing that. Um, And it just seems to be a bit of a dead wood at the moment. I think he'll come good and I think he'll be fine for you personally.
1: Yeah, it just feels like he is. Maybe being harsh, but yeah, I don't think he fits. And I think um, he, you know, sometimes when a player comes in, and you, even though the team aren't playing well, they will show you glimpses. I haven't seen a single glimpse in the four games he's played. Nothing particularly special. Nothing, you know, he's had a couple of chances, a couple of all right shots, or a couple of saved by a keeper. But I haven't even seen a glimpse. Whereas Diaz came in last January from uh, Porto, and and had a difficult period, giving up the crazy numbers he was doing in Portugal at the time and um, hit the ground running. And even in games where we weren't looking as great last year, he just looked magical, exceptional. You could see he was going to be a give the ball, you know, he makes things happen. But I haven't seen any glimpses from Gakpo. It's
0: weird because Gakpo actually looks, it's clearly not actually true, but he looks ganglier. I don't know if he he seems to have, Six four. Stretching.
1: I can't believe he's like six four. He doesn't. He looks like he's like yeah, that's that's a fucking big unit. He should be able to put himself about a bit at six four.
0: But I'm sure he wasn't that tall at World Cup. <laughs> I'm sure he would quite. Yeah, small, I think it's it? because he, he's
1: he's relatively slight in build. Sometimes it, I think it could maybe look, make him look. But so six four is fucking huge. Like as, as a as a physical height aspect to be heading the ball. I mean, he scored a header in in the World Cup. He should be trying to make a bit more advantage of that physical uh, attributes really.
0: You've basically got Peter Crouch on you, your left wing at the moment. And
1: it's been. I mean, playing. again, look how gangly Crouch was. I think Crouch was six, seven, one he? So there's only three inches taller than Gakpo. Well, at least
0: Peter Crouch scored goals, whereas uh, Gakpo just seems to be existing at the moment for you.
1: We'll see. Four games in, it's early to say. But so I haven't really only seen any glimpse, but he's, he's not been playing in a team with any real momentum um, or appetite, I think, at the moment either. So kind of, yeah, not been impressed, but we'll give him a I think time. he'll be
0: fine. Yeah, I, th- I think he'll come good. Um, I, I'll be honest, at least you didn't spend 40 plus million on Anthony Gordon because then I would be lambasting you because I, I honestly think this is one of the craziest signings that I've seen in a long time in a team that I don't think necessarily need his stature of player. I think they can do a lot better Newcastle and I think they could have got a lot better. So it seems a very strange one for me, does this. When, you
1: know, the pen that English youngster price tag aren't they where it gets probably like a 300% increase on what he's actually worth just because he's young and English but um, yeah not really been that impressed I think that's a it's a strange one from Newcastle as well because they're spending today even though they've loosened the strings since they were been bought uh, by the the Saudis um, they've been more tactical haven't they like you know been really clever Ramirez, with it. You know, like, you know, quite good and almost thoughtful and selective moves. And this one just feels like eyes oh, young English. If you, a bit like you were saying with Chelsea earlier. Oh, other teams want him. We've got some financial clout now. Let's just buy him. But uh, I'll be honest.
0: I don't think anyone was actually coming in for Gordon at this point in, in this transfer window. But it just seems to be exactly what you said there. All the signings that they've made since this takeover have been well thought out. They've been clearly good additions to the team and they've clearly made quite a significant difference because you can see where they are in the league and the fact that I think, as it stands, I think they're winning 2-1 against Southampton, so they're on the way to the Carabao Cup final as well. But seven goals, three assists, 65 Premier League games. What? It's
1: a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. I can't feel that maybe someone, again, someone with a better eye for talent than, than me or you has seen something in him because they did seem a bit of interest. But yeah. Uh, I mean, that's good business for Everton all day for me, 45 mil for him.
0: Yeah, um, one that I've got to mention, um, and I'll I'll ask your thoughts on the signings, this this, uh, transfer window as well and see what you think is, is the best. But I said to you when you signed him that I think he'd be the best sign in the transfer window. I'm sticking with it, despite the fact that we've made some other good signings. Jorginho Ruta, Hoffenheim to Leeds. He is, or he will be, the club record signing for Leeds. I think it was an upfront fee of about 25. It's going to rise to 30, uh, 35 plus, I think. Um, a lot of fans, a lot of our fans, and this isn't critical of Leeds fans, but a lot of Leeds fans are saying, well, who's this? Um, numbers aren't fantastic. Why are we paying so much for someone who... Has only got two goals in 15 Bundesliga games. And is it going to keep Jesse Marsh in a job? Is it going to keep Leeds in the Premier League? This is the best signing of the transfer window. And plenty of time to show it. Don't get me wrong. And this is obviously very much biased from me. But this is a player that will show his talents very, very swiftly, He'll hit the ground running. And people will be like, hang on a minute. This guy is
1: class. Got a bit excited there, aren't you?
0: I have. I'm telling you, he, he literally will be He's fantastic. only played one
1: game, he One game against yes. Accrington. And I tell you what,
0: Accrington, <laughs> I've never seen a better player. Um,
1: the, the, I mean, let's, let's try and calm ourselves down a little bit. One fucking game against the, what, a league one team feels a little bit, but I, I can definitely look good from the glimmers uh, you can see of a player against the team massively better than the other team in league position and quality uh, for a debut, but... um Exactly
0: that. Yeah. It needs proper test on it. As, as much as I'm saying it, he clearly needs to play your better teams. And obviously we play forest this week as well. So that's the, the test for him. I'm sure he'll come on at some point and play a part.
1: Um, but a real good business by you. I mean, I, I think yeah. Wover's a real good shout to be uh up. up it mentioned in the, the the you know the signings of the windows. I mean, he's he's played about two or three times now because he came in a little bit earlier in the window. But considered one goal, very good
0: so far, and that's against um, Accrington.
1: But yeah, i yeah, no, been impressed with him. I mean, I, I know he was a bit of a prospect at Ajax in Austria. Didn't go quite so well for him. I think Ajax he go to Sevilla maybe uh before ending back at. um uh Red Bull, but um well travelled already for a, a pretty young player, you know, some good experience there and played in Champions League and things. I think really good signing by you.
0: I think you're right. I think um he, he's definitely looked solid. He's clearly our best centre back at club and that's how quickly um that's he's acclimatised to that. Obviously brought in as a left back ideally and he's he's gonna be at that left handed um of the the centre back pairing uh we got rid of Yorente so it shows that <laughs> Clearly, he's been brought in for a centre-back at this point. Obviously, we brought in a young kid um, to replace him, Diego Montero, but he's not going to be in the, the first team set up for a while. The other big transfer that we got was uh, Weston McKenney who underrated, severely underrated. For whatever reason, I always see on social media uh, Juventus fans just slagging him to high hell. I don't know why. He's never seemed to have putting, you know, a load of poor performances for him. I think he's been fairly consistent while he's been there. But I think for Leeds and in the the formation that Marsh plays, I think he's probably the final piece to this puzzle.
1: I think, as I say, you've probably done the best, arguably on paper, business of any team in the window, apart from obviously scattergunning, just accumulating players like uh, poker chips. But from a tactical point of view and probably areas that your team needed, I've been, good. good work from Leeds
0: unusual to be honest um obviously we're normally especially in the January transfer window fairly quiet and always seem to get a bit jealous of players making some big signings and and big moves to big teams but yeah seems to have got involved a little bit um anyone in particular that you think is going to be a standout in terms of the signings this this window
1: um i mean i think uh chelsea earlier in the window when they got um Wasit, badashile Is that how you say it? Um, I didn't want to say it. I'll wait for you to say it. (laughs) The uh, the young lad from France, but he looks quite good. I think he's played a couple of games straight in, was very highly rated in in France. I think he's one that, again, maybe against what we were saying with Chelsea. uh, Skataganin, he's one that I could see having a long-term future in the team and actually adding some some value. Um, I thought uh, one that snuck under the radar a little bit was a guy, uh, Josip Juranovic, very good in the World Cup. I think he's a right-back for Croatia. Uh, in their, their run to the semis and uh, play, went from Celtic to the Bundesliga pretenders uh, Union Berlin for 10 mil. So they're obviously spending a bit of money to maybe shore up their little uh, unexpected Champions League run uh, or potential qualification, Champions League qualification, I should say.
0: It's a big um, sale, is that, for for Celtic, really, because, and again, this is without trying to sound patronising, but they don't usually... Get involved in these bigger transfers, to that I think. How much did um, Van Dijk go for to Southampton? Uh,
1: I think that was like twelve mil, something yeah. in that region. Pretty good value uh, for them. I mean, I think the highest Scottish transfer ever is Tierney, isn't it? From to our from Celtic to uh, to Arsenal, fifteen or twenty odd mil, I think. Maybe I think he's maybe the the biggest sale by a, a Scottish team. But um, so yeah, but pretty good value. But looked a really decent player, to be honest with you, in the World Cup.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think it's a, a good piece of business. I'm surprised not a, a few more players, uh, a few more teams, sorry, didn't go in for him.
1: Yeah. Um if you you know, if you you know, you've got in terms of other right backs, you've got Cancelo, a little bit of a strange one, seems to apparently have had a falling out with with Pep, apparently, that's maybe led to this, but from playing, you know, the the outstanding fullback, because he was playing both roles last year and even sometimes playing at defensive mid, and I think he was in the team of the year. Um, to to not hardly play in. and he's been uh, bounced out to, to buy in on loan with an option at the end of the season, I believe, uh, for 61.5 mil, which would actually mean they made a mil and a half profit on him because they paid 60 for him when they bought him off Juve. So that's pretty good business in some ways. Again, by the big spenders, City and Chelsea actually showing a bit of financial nous and getting a bit of money back. Mm.
0: It's a weird one because it's kind of quite annoying because... You look at him last season, Cancelo, he were outstanding. And he were. I think he, I can't imagine how many fa- fantasy football points he got me, but he seemed to be absolutely brilliant all the way through. And he seems to be a bit of a mainstay. And then for whatever reason, he's just slowly faded out of favour with Pep.
1: Yeah, as you say, I, I I was wondering why. I mean, he's been even favouring the the youngster, uh, Rico Lewis, and mm-hmm. sitting, you know, eighteen, been playing at fullback rather than him. So you kind of think, well, that seems a bit of a stretch that a young kid would suddenly be better than the best fullback in the league last year. So you could, again, purely going on the reports I've read that if he had had a fallout with Pep, that would make a lot more sense. Why that's happening? Because um, very very good player.
0: Well, there were rumours that. Um... There were this fallout, but then when it was discussed on Sky Sports, I think a bit earlier, it essentially said, No, no, uh, fallout whatsoever, all absolutely fine. Um, it's just that I wanted the move. Which, whether that's just I don't want to cut my ties with the team that still currently technically owe me or not, I'm not entirely sure.
1: Yeah, it does seem a slightly strange one that, um, they could have made a, um, a play to keep it maybe, maybe just fancied a change.
0: Um, Oh, weirdly, the uh, red card in the Newcastle game, Guimara's has just been sent off. Um top comment on Twitter is he deserves it for his pedo goatee alone. Um, so strange one. But yeah, um I'm trying to think of the other big moves. We've got Sabitzer today, so that's come out of nowhere. Savitzer's going to Manu from Bayern Munich, which I think is a good piece of business from them. I'm not I ain't seen the transfer fee. But considering Ericsson's supposed to be out for a few months now, I think that's swift and, and quite a good replacement, to be honest.
1: You agree. Yeah, I don't like to see the scum uh, bolstering the ranks well or shrewdly. But yeah, I would agree that that seems probably a shrewd bit of business. Very hot on the news as well that Ericsson was injured. So I maybe mean, for my new fans, that's a good sign, a nice bit of action and reaction immediately going out, bolstering the squad, trying to back Ten Hag because We've talked about it on previous episodes, but he's doing surprisingly well and flying under the radar. He is. Um, I still think that they could push for
0: league, and I still think that they're going to be a big threat to Arsenal and uh, City. But obviously, long way to go yet. And I'm sure, we can discuss that. I'm sure we will end up discussing that on uh, future episodes as the the season concludes. But um, still, nothing on Enzo Fernandez. I'm just looking through now. This deal does seem to be going right to wire for him. And,
1: don't know these I mean, Still a a bit of time. time, and I think it's eleven o'clock UK time. You have to have the paperwork signed by then, so an hour or so to go with all the um, negotiations. You see, ones go right down to the wire, and you often see seems to have been a thing that's emerged in a few more recent years is deals emerging after the transfer deadline that happened like one minute to, and no one had a clue on their radar, and it's not even announced till like. One o'clock in the in in the evening, because by the time they're about to go back and retrospectively try and sort things, so you see to see a few of these ones now that are announced just after the deadline or an hour or so after that came off completely off anyone's radar, even if they were in the pipeline to be signed. They've got the deal sheets, aren't they?
0: So there's the whole thing where you can basically submit a deal sheet, and then um, as long as you get everything sorted or you're about to get everything sorted, then it's all. Absolutely done. Weirdly, it's just popped up here. um, Jean-Claire Todibo, if I get it right eventually.
1: French uh, centre-back was at Barca. I went there, I didn't really do much. I think he's back in the French league now. Romano has just said Leeds are after him and try to do a a very late deal for him. Yeah, not a bad player, but another centre-back, I suppose, if you're hot on you selling, even though you've signed the the youngster uh, today, haven't you, Um, from uh, Switzerland. But um, you've obviously sold Llorente.
0: Yeah, I think it's too late, uh, even if there is any interest. And you always get this, don't you, at the very end of transfer windows. Like, oh, is it going to happen? Is this late deal going to happen? The answer is no, because why would it? And why would anything like this be needed for Leeds? I don't think they're going to need another centre-back at this point. But um, uh, yeah, I'm just reading here. Uh, Enzo Fernandez has completed a medical uh, ever in Portugal. So they're just basically waiting to get the deal officially signed, I think, by the looks of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, another good one that actually from Portugal that might be a shrewd sign in, just to mention as well, is Spurs getting this, uh, the Spanish lad um, Porro. So Pe- right Pedro Porro. Correct, I believe. Say, coming from uh, sport in Lisbon, but I believe he's uh, Spanish. Uh, right back, I did see um, that he has got nine goals and 13 assists in 67 games, which to me seems pretty good goal contributions from your right back um it was also interesting part of the deal that sporting i saw were the giving up uh tottenham do as part of the, the, the purchase a 15 percent salon fee on marcus edwards uh you know he's doing well so it's just a little bit of wheeler dealing from sporting as well not only to get some money up front but to avoid potentially having to pay a fee on if they do he carries on on his rise It seems to be doing so pretty true business
0: i find it weird to be honest that This one has taken so long, because I think Spurs have been after him for, it seemed like, a good couple of weeks. And I don't know why it's taken so long for him to get this one over the line. I also find it a bit weird that with all the rumours that Conte is going, are they buying this a little bit like you were saying with uh, Chelsea earlier on? Are they buying the players that they think are the best with no regard to the manager? Or are they buying for the manager? Because if they're buying for the manager and Conte is out at the end of the
1: season, what's the point? I think you can maybe make an argument again. He seems to be quite highly thought of as, a, as an exceptional talent and in a kind of a position like a right-back. Oh, good player, don't get me wrong. But it... I think he's one that you would say that the team are buying him. As you say, even if Conte doesn't want him, do his age, real sell value. There's some value in that, isn't there? So uh, ones like that, it's, it's an easier pill to swallow when you make an outlay and then chop the manager if, if that is a young player and you know might be in a position that centre-back, centre-mid, every team, no matter what formation has to have those, you know, dynamics. You know, all right, you might have a right-back that might be excel as a wing-back, which I think is where he actually plays for Sporting, where he gets a little bit more, someone like a Trent. You know, you give him a little bit more offensive responsibility and less defence, they're going to do better than if you played them uh, as a right-back for a lower top-10 team where they're going to have to do a lot of defending.
0: Uh, Felipe has just officially signed for Athletic Madrid. So that's one that's been rumbling on the last few days. Um, I'm not sure about it. Um, Forrest, I don't... Assess Forrest for me, because I don't know if they're having a good window or if they're just doing the scattergun approach like Chelsea are doing, but to a lesser extent in terms of the money that they're spending. Because Steve Cooper really going in and saying, go get me Felipe, I want him at centre-back, and I want you to go get me Navas as a goalkeeper as well.
1: I mean I maybe not so much on those two particular names you wouldn't like Navas doesn't strike me as you know you're desperate for a keeper to keep you up from relegation probably as a backup because I know I don't know how long Henderson's is out for a, a long time is it Henderson is that why the immediate I know he's out in, in the short term I didn't know how long term Henderson was for Forest so they need to make premier acquisition if they haven't got a good backup keeper if it's a longer term but yeah um I don't dangerous.
0: know. Yeah, I, I feel like you're playing with fire as Forrest because so close to the relegation zone, you obviously still think that they're going to finish above us as per a bet at the start of the season. Um, but it's a lot of outlay on players who aren't going to be there for you if you go down in the next season because you're not going to be able to afford them and they're not going to want to play championship football. Wouldn't it not have been better to a little bit like. It's easy to say now. A little bit like Leeds did or like Newcastle did last season and buy the players that you you feel like you need to take you out of that situation instead of just saying, right, I need 24 signings, get them all in and we'll make two teams worth.
1: Yeah, I think they, they definitely have scattergunned it. And to some degree, there's going to be a bit of less seats. You spin the wheel. If we stay up, we can afford to keep some of these guys. If they go down, they'll have to sell some of them immediately to get them off the wage bill and or just to get the money back in. So it feels like a bit of a gamble. But they also have been, you know, in amongst that scattergun, I think they have made some pretty shrewd signings in that they've got two uh, Brazilians. So I think they've got uh, probably a, a good scouting network over in South America. But um, there's a guy, I believe have got this the right way. You've got Scarpa, who is the more mature, I think, of the two midfielders in terms of age, maybe 26, 27. And then they've also signed uh, uh, Danilo, who is a very young talent, isn't he? Um, so he's the type of guy that maybe even if they did go down, they could keep for at least half a season in the, in the championship and then suddenly sell them on for a bit more money or something like that. They might be easier to convince than a big name signing, uh, you know, um, John Joe Shelby, for example, aren't going to be on massive wages, probably. He doesn't feel like he's got a longer-term fit there. That just feels like, right, just grab us and we feel that's available.
0: Well, that's what I mean. It's it's all a bit strange. Don't get me wrong. I think Danilo has been hyped up massively at Palmeiras, hasn't he? It was one of those that people were waiting for someone to come in for him and it just so happened to be Forrest. Was it about £18 that they spent on him? Um, So it's not a massive amount of money in the modern game, and obviously it might turn out to be fantastic. And even if they do go down, it's a bit of a free hit for him because if they go down, I'm sure someone comes into him if he offers, obviously, um, a good season. Um, Arsenal have been fairly quiet. Obviously they got Jorginho and I think, don't get me wrong, I actually like what Arsenal have done um, in this transfer window, but being fairly quiet in respects of what other clubs have been doing. Um, Trossard has been quite a big one as well. So obviously he forced his way out of Brighton, um thoughts on it good signing for him
1: Don't so, i would have said an amazing signing to about a month ago really don't like his attitude that seems to have come out one of these more you know rather than just play on play the move get try and get, show the t- a team that you know you're you're a good character in the dressing room you play along seems to have um did it I potentially adds a different dynamic to a dressing room that is doing exceptionally well at the moment and arguably doesn't need that.
0: Yeah. A big um, time Charlie coming in and
1: getting above his station. When it's a team, you know, no real superstars that but they all work very well and hard and buy into to Arteta's ethos. So that would be an interesting one.
0: Well I think we've discussed this before, we? I think we discussed it last week as well, but Arteta took significant amount of time to root all the bad seeds out of the club to get it into position that it is now. So it would seem very, very strange for them to then put someone who's just forced his way out of the club and said, right, I aren't playing for you anymore. I want to go to this club. Either sort the deal or I'm just going home. I think he actually went back to Belgium at one point. just He went back to um Brussels. It might have been him that's been listening to Pod. Maybe. <laughs> uh, Trossard's biggest um... fan.
1: But uh, you know, I would say while you're on Brighton, do we think then uh, Jorginho going to Arsenal puts the... then Casido won't join Arsenal? Do you feel like that was the longer-term play for them and they've decided, nah, we won't bother spending that. We'll go for a more short-term, instant solution in Jorginho. It feels yeah. like...
0: Quesadilla, yeah. I... I think he's, he's... It's Obviously, it's not happening this window. There's there's not enough time for it to happen now. But he is one of those that I think Arsenal might take another look at in the summer depending on where they are. Obviously, if they win the league, I think they'll definitely go for him. I think you might have a look at him, depending on where you are and depending on how much money you're going to spend. Obviously, the main thing that you're going to try and do in the summer is um, Bellingham, you would assume. So whether you need both or not, different matter. But I can see him definitely going in the summer. I think he's cut his ties with Brighton in this window in the little post that he did. A little bit like Trossard, but not to that extent. But putting things on Instagram, saying like, I've always dreamed of a big move in my career and I've always wanted this. And it's just like, there's too much player power these days. And I'd like someone to just turn around and say, you know what? Get into those stands and don't talk to me again. A little bit like, funnily enough, Roma have done with um, Zaniolo. The only
1: problem in some ways with that is you can obviously then almost cut your nose off to spite your face. In the value yeah, they yeah. just the value gets afe- affected. They're not playing, so they're, they're not getting the game time to improve. And so you kind of end up cutting your nose off to spite your face. So, you, you know, in some ways, I, I hear what you're saying, but if you're not going to be able to play them and they're going to be that kind of character in the, in the dressing room, I know it's just better to cut them loose and Brighton, I mean, I just saw the post you're talking about, and he said what I didn't like was. I will look forward to re- Brighton receiving a record fee for me, as though or something to those words to that effect. That basically is like, I've already agreed that I'm going and um, fuck you. So um, he's been a, b- a bit, not as you say, to the same extent as Trossard, but an unsettling influence on what's been a pretty steady team uh, effort from him across the two managers so far.
0: Yeah, agreed. Um, oh, there we go. It's just popped up. Uh, Enzo Fernandez, Chelsea for Big Fabrizio has confirmed it. Agreement reached. Uh, clubs running to get documents signed before end of window. Finally agreed. And then really randomly, <laughs> boarding set to be completed. And then he's added Turkish Airlines in it. Has he got like a sponsorship with him or
1: something? Uh, I don't know. You you know your social media better than me. <laughs> so what's that know.
0: about? Um, but yeah, he's definitely getting some coin off him. I think there. there's no way that Turkish Airlines are just on standby waiting for uh, Enzo Fernandez to complete
1: his deal. Well, especially when he's in Portugal, isn't he? <laughs> so yeah, I don't know that's why, what I mean. Yeah, uh, Feels like a slightly, uh, as you say, I'm sure a paid plug from uh, Fabrizio, but I'm sure he's doing all right for himself. I think that's the big deal of the, the window, to be honest.
0: A, a lot obviously made up about Modric, Modric, uh, Modric. Um, but again, it's another Chelsea player that's well, soon to be such a Chelsea player. So we'll see what we we'll see if Fernandez does hit the ground running or if his uh price tags a little bit too much for where he is at the moment.
1: Yeah, and I mean as you say, there is still that about an hour to go, in there. So um there still could be time for a couple more surprising moves to go through that aren't necessarily on the uh, on the radar as yet. Yeah. Watch it
0: just pop through uh Liverpool completed Bellingham signing and uh Getting Suarez back on a free, so that would be the shout. Bring Lewis back. Get him to sign um, your shirt. Yeah, good shout.
1: Um, yeah, I'd still take him back.
0: Yeah, I know you would because harbour some weird love for a man who openly celebrated against your club because he don't like you.
1: Just, the the one of the greatest. One of the greatest. Fond memories. Yeah,
0: well, well. In your in your opinion, if you say so. Before he stabbed so. me in the
1: back, but you know, I still, <laughs> I still love you, Lewis. Some love goes across. It goes across clubs to some degree. So, Lewis. So if, if, if you're listening to this, Lewis, uh
0: if you can send a real signed Liverpool shirt to me, your number
1: one fan, Lewis. <laughs> um, guys, autobiography stopped halfway through. It was so boring. <laughs> and I never never really got f- footballers' biography. I've only ever done a couple. I did Merson's, I think, and someone else's, but they tend to be a bit I I got up, I went and played football. I went to the World Cup. Like, I don't need to know that shit.
0: I mean, I think, I'm going to say it's a footballer's autobiography, unless they're doing um, undefined drugs, should we say, or unless they're going out and fighting everywhere. everywhere. Like Jonathan Woodgate's or uh, Lee Boyer's autobiography. I bet they'd have been quite good to read.
1: Yeah, I think it's say Mersin's. Mersin's was quite good. I mean, probably Gazza's. I would have thought if Gazza had one, Gazza's probably is probably a bit of a laugh at that sort. Jesus Adams, Christ. The hardened drinker's sort of era of the like, uh, 90s, I would have thought. But um, yeah, I, I'm not really into footballers' biographies as it goes books-wise.
0: Yeah, n- not for me. Uh, I'll watch you play football. I'll pay good money to watch you play football. I won't be paying money to read about your thoughts and how you woke up every day. To Whilst I watched you yeah, exactly. I've seen everything I need to see. I don't need to read about it as well. Um, we'll leave it there. Uh, we've still got an hour left of the transfer window, as you say, or just less than an hour. So I don't think anything else is going to come in. It seems like that sort of transfer window that everything else is wrapped up. But um, as always, thanks very much for listening and we'll speak to you later this week.